1: Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King-deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Right, hello everybody and welcome to our latest Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. Uh, sat round the table this afternoon, we got Chris Beasley, Adam Jones, myself, Dave Prentice and our Royal Blue regular Gavin Buckland... He's just come in from a, a wet old horse, by the look of it. <laughs> and, uh, we're we're going to try and uh, basically do what Everton couldn't do at the weekend and make sense of, um, of Manchester City. Uh, because for, for me personally, it, it was one of the most surreal games I think I've seen in an awful long time. And Everton just didn't get near Manchester City. And OK... I think I referred to them in my piece as like you know magical Magyars for the millennium, or you know a team that's like pushing back boundaries yeah. and creating a new style of football. But other teams have you know competed with them this season. Yeah. Liverpool took them out of their own game and beat them. Wigan, okay, smash and grab, but Wigan beat them. Burnley had a really good go and not that long ago. Everton didn't. I mean, am I being unfair? Were City just absolutely special on the day, or could Everton have done more? I mean, jump in <laughs> well, I, th- I think he could have absolutely done more like yeah. I wrote
2: I wrote a piece yesterday saying that he, City City are an incredible football team they are probably one of the best teams that I've visited Goodison in a good few years yeah. you, you can't deny that and they've battered a lot of teams this season you can probably bet that Everton, Everton aren't going to be the last team that they do batter this season but the problem is you, you see stats like they had eighty-two percent possession cool. like, at yeah. Goodison Park. Like that's in, that's inexcusable. Like you can get battered, but you can at least have a go, have a bit of a fight, disrupt City even a little bit. Like in that second half, you can say like Allardyce said, "Oh, we won the second half." It was only because City's took their foot off the pedal. Oh, they were playing and, for Wednesday. And yeah. e- even then, they still probably got to score two yeah. or three past yeah. us. Like we still struggled to deal with them. They were just passing it round, walking around the pitch, and we, well, were, we were letting
1: them do it. Yeah, they like, were brilliant, yeah. only because we let them be brilliant. OK, Gav, was that a failure of Everson to keep the ball or an inability to win it back? And I'm, by saying that, I'm suggesting that maybe different personnel might have had a different outcome, because yeah. Tom Davis made a difference when he came on. He's spikier, he's more aggressive, he wins the ball, and you know, clearly
3: Wayne Rooney and Morgan Schneidlin weren't doing that. Yeah, well, it was a failure to pick probably the, the best team for to play City. I think yeah. I think when we played them three times previously, I think twice we played midfield, yeah. four, three man midfield, 4-3-3, and I think last year we played five at the back. Yeah. Uh, That's right, yeah. yeah, So it was the first time you sort of played like two holding midfield, yeah. whatever you would call them these days, defensive midfielders against against City. So that was that was one of the changes I think on Saturday compared to the three previous games against them. Well, it was interesting to see the, you know the, the the team. You saw Schneider and Rooney together, and you know, Wayne actually. though I've probably never said this too often. I actually felt sorry for Wayne on yeah. uh, on Saturday because he was quite, you know, uh, easily given a job that, that he's not up to. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, and you've to ten podcasts and since Chris was there you really said Wayne will be really effective there against the the sort of weaker teams are home week, you've got space on the ball but against the better team you'll have loads of possession you've got pace to just, to just play through and that's exactly what happened on Saturday combined with and sort of basic lack of form and hunger whatever you call it that was always going to be a recipe uh, for disaster um, the one thing I would say the other thing I'd, I'd say about Saturday is it was the role of Balassi. now I, I don't I don't know how Sam set him up really on Saturday, but it was 4 4 2 or 4 3 3. But if you watch most of the first half, Blasi's like sort of like an auxiliary left back. And we've got like three people in the, three people in the midfield Snyder and Rooney, Blasi. Because is playing like basically a left back position, Snyder and Rooney get pulled over to the left hand mm-hmm. side all the time. And consequently, because Walcott wasn't covering back, you see the possession City had by the Bullens. Bollinger- the corner, of the Boland's Rose, where they're supported, our <laughs> stud and Silver stud. We by playing that formation, we basically give, give all that space to them, in, a, in an area of the pitch where they have got like probably their two most dangerous players with with De Bruyne, and that was that whole thing for me. Didn't make sense, and that contributed to our like sort of lack of possession and basically inability to uh, compete.
0: There's a whole concern there. Big concern that Everton are almost picking and choosing the battles on under Sam Allardyce. Um, all the yeah, games they've right. won are games that you'd kind of expect them to do well. And I think Leicester City is the only team from the top half who they've they've beaten under, under Mr Allardyce. And um, it's it's not great, is it? When it, you know. It, these big teams, whether it's at Goodison or away from home, you'd like to think that Everton could you know, get a few points here and there and um, pick up the, the odd win there, but it's, it's just beating the teams they're expected to beat and when, they, when the big boys come into town, they're just getting rolled over far too easily. Funny
1: enough, he was asked about that in the press yeah. conference afterwards. You know, someone said, what can you read into the fact that uh, Everton haven't beaten the top six side since Manchester City this time? Well, January, wasn't yeah. it, the previous yeah. season? Mm. and you know, Typically mm. bullish response you can't read anything into it. And then he went into details saying, you're much better off beating the teams below you in the table, home and away. Uh, you know, you get more points doing that. You can win the league doing that, uh, he says, rather than beating the teams above you. Now, you know, there were eyebrows raised around the other room when he was, he was saying that. And I take the point that is um, a strategy you can use in a relegation fight, uh, you know, so sort of trying to beat the teams in and around you. But it's an argument we've had before, I don't think Everton have been in a relegation fight since probably October, November, uh, since they won those three games in a row. You know, when Allardyce arrived. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's been relatively comfortable since then. It just strikes me as really odd that we would
2: go. We've had a few a few weeks against some of the let's call them these lesser teams yeah, yeah. where we've put out much much more pragmatic starting 11s than we did against Man City. Yeah. Like it could have easily been a 4-4-2 that we played against Man City. Why play it against Man City? Like if if you want like one of Allardyce's first games in charge was the derby at Anfield, where he crowded out that midfield, made it really difficult for them despite how good they were going forward, and he got a result out of it. Why didn't he do that against but, a, a Man City?
3: But at Anfield's that guy played, did McCarthy play at Anfield? I, I think, yeah, then. I mean, yeah, he they, suggested they,
1: afterwards personnel was an issue yeah. because, you know, he didn't really have many players he could have selected. But, but Davis was David,
2: available. Davis yeah, and even yeah, come off yeah, the
1: bench and they were probably the two
2: best yeah, midfielders yeah, that we had on Davis the day. they should have played,
3: I mean... The, uh, the alternative would, would have been to play Holgate as a third centre half and play three centre halves with two full backs, yeah. and like made sure that you covered the wide positions rather than give Sane like you know one well, of the pitch. Holgate suddenly injury, oh it? sorry, that's a third centre half, yeah. So, um knows, Yeah, who well, yeah, yeah. um,
1: I thought you were going to see Ashley Williams one horrible yeah. second. <laughs> he suspended. Oh, no. uh, third
3: centre <laughs> half, there and play your two full backs wide to crowd, you know crowd them out on. on. You know, and the wide spaces, yeah. and then played like Davis and maybe Schneiderlin and maybe Rooney in front. But at least yeah. if you've got more people in the middle of the pitch, then. Um, and I think that's maybe tactics that would have, would have work better. But going back to the, the point about like Salmon stuff, is that just a reflection of this and his, his attitude to winning games? Is that just a reflection of the job he's been brought in to do, which is basically just to keep us up? So he's just going to basically do what he you know do do what he can to keep yeah. us up. And he's not there as a long term solution. And it was an interesting point, like I think one of one of your, your, your uh, writers had last week, yes, writers had about like we've stagnated under mm. Allardyce or something. Well, like that. that's probably the same way what he was brought into, yeah. too, is just to steady the ship and not like sort of do anything magical that might place us at risk. And I do think, although Sam gets a lot of stick. It is a reflection of the nature of his appointments. In yeah. that it was a, an 18-month appointment. It was, well, it was effectively a six-month appointment. with an yeah. option for another 12, isn't it, really, if you think about it? And his whole attitude and demeanour is is based on the job he was brought in to do and the length of his contract. And, and and I think he's not been brought in for four or five years to build the club up and completely reconstruct it. He's been brought in for, like, six months, hasn't he? Right? Sure, so, yeah. yeah. Well, what do
1: you think, Chris? I mean, do you think he is... Suffering in a similar way, you know. To explored this before with David Unsworth, suffering in the fact that he's only an eighteen-month appointment. You know, there's no talk of him getting an extended contract, and therefore he's treating it as a short-term appointment, as you know, as a short-term fix. He's not actually looking to build anything, and maybe some of the players, you know, are aware of the fact that you know he might not be around, you know, for the long haul, and therefore that affects them, you know, motivation-wise. Perhaps so, but this was a huge Chance for Sam Allardyce. I know he he doesn't
0: like all this fire fireman Sam yeah. f- yep. firefighter tag. He feels he's more than that. Obviously, yeah. he was proud of punch when he got the England job, and then that all went wrong. Um, yeah. But you know, he famously said, didn't he? Uh, if I was called Sam Allardyce, I'd be in a, a top four job. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. You know, he, he always feels that he's worth more than that. So this was a huge opportunity at the yeah. end of his career. After all those salvage jobs that he'd done something a bit bigger, something a bit better with the resources he's got, you know, he wouldn't be able to bring in somebody like Theo Walcott and a lot of the jobs that he'd previously had so this was actually a huge opportunity for him and he started really well I don't think his appointment was um, viewed with any sort of um, um, great cheers from Evertonians but you know, after a few initial results that sort of soon melted away but then equally it came back that that sort of... um, Hardness from the supporters came back very quickly when things didn't kick on.
1: Yeah, Let me, let me throw a, a bit of devil's advocacy at you here then. This is a stat that I was made aware of last week and uh, I've checked it out and it is absolutely kosher. Since Sam Allardyce arrived as manager, and this is not including you know, the West Ham game, which was David Unsworth's victory, Sam Allardyce's first match in charge against Huddersfield. Since that date, Everton have collected five points more than Arsenal. Seven points more than Burnley, who were like you know was yeah. it, you know sixth or seventh in the table, and only two points fewer than Chelsea. Now, mm-hmm. is that something to be celebrated, or is that just an indication of how badly Arsenal and Chelsea have been performing
2: no, no, no. in the second half of the season? I don't think we should be necessarily celebrating that. Yeah. I think you, you can you can debate whether David Unsworth would have picked up those results if, yeah. if he would have been in the same position from now until the end of the season. Like we haven't. As, as Chris mentioned before, we haven't really beaten anyone that we haven't been expected to beat. Yeah. I think Leicester was probably the most surprising win that we've had under Sam Allardyce. Tight, but yeah. We've had yeah. a lot more disappointing defeats to sides that we thought yeah. we should have beat. So, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, also, I would like to make the point, after we got hammered by Arsenal, who we've apparently been doing... Better than under yeah. Allardyce. Allardyce said we couldn't compete with them. <laughs> fair Yeah. I think it's more a,
3: it's more a, uh, a reflection on the the poor form of well, there's no they have had a really bad run, sure. have they? you know. So I mean and Arsenal picked up a little bit. But it, it comes back to this why he was appointed and his length of tenure. But I do uh, but what Chris is saying is right as well, is that He's not done. Any, there was an opportunity for him to actually do something with bigger resources than what he's done in his fifteen-year career in the top flights. What happened? He's quite painfully not got the best out of the players in terms of as individuals and as the formation. And I think that that's been the disappointing thing for me, rather than the, the results. Sure. Um, and I think that means that when you're looking at you know the near future. As he failed that test, he's got two tests, hasn't he? Really, the test to keep us up, and make you know get get sort of like as high in the Premier yeah. League as what we can. But you'd probably say, might, if we get eighth or ninth, probably say, yeah, okay, you've just yeah, about yeah. passed that test. But that other test for them as an individual, as a manager, have you shown that you've got the ability to manage in the Premier League with a topish club, yeah. you know, and play the right style of football? That's the modern game. You'd probably say, actually. He's not shown any of that to anybody, but he'd probably admit himself. I think he has, he has admitted himself on occasions, hasn't he? You know.
1: Can, can we just flip it briefly then, and just uh, you know how good. Are Manchester City or were Manchester City? Because uh, you know, to me, it, it reminded me. Uh, and obviously, you know, only the uh, the older listeners will remember this. But um, when Bobby Robson created that absolutely beautiful Ipswich Town team, um, that you know, Arnold Mjorn and Franz Tyson came for the first time, and they came to Goodison in you know, late seventies and absolutely demolished Everton. an uh, Ipswich won four nil, and it was just utterly outclassed. And you know, they played such wonderful, you know, easy on the eye football. City, I thought were very like that and it wasn't a 3-1 game at the weekend it was comfortably wider than that in fact there was a spell near the end when Everton you know, could have scored again when Tosin went closer yeah. well, 3-2 that's going to be an absolute travesty yeah. people would think it was close and clearly it wasn't but you know, are the City seen that miles apart from everybody else at the moment and bearing in mind Everton then played that Ipswich team in the FA Cup a couple months later and 1-2-1 yeah. they were able to find a way to compete with them I'm not so sure they'd find a way to compete with the City side for the next two or three years I mean
2: I'm not. I'm not sure. Like this, this city side aren't unbeatable. Yeah, like they've proven that this season. Like, they, they only strug- one team's beaten them. The Premier they, League. They struggled against. Yeah. Like, we took a point off them. Yeah. At, at their place, right at the start of the season, they struggled yeah. against Bristol City. Yeah. Was it? Like in the League Cup oh, semi-final? Yeah. Was that back in January? Yeah. Like they, they lost to Liverpool. Yeah. Who just got amongst them and disrupted them? I think yeah. they came up against the Everton side at the weekend. Who just completely stood off them. Like they like they do have the best midfield three in the world at the minute I'd say yeah. De Bruyne Silva and Fernandinho yeah. Don't get me wrong, but when when you give them that much time, that much space on the ball, it, it, it just does make it so easy for them. Yeah. Like so- they they had so much space to play into and they're always going to be so precise when they get into that final third. They've been in that all season.
1: So the thing that was a little disappointing for me, and I don't want to, you know, sound like a bit of a, a dinosaur here, but there was not a single yellow card in the match. And you find that, you know, if a team is taking the Mickey and is actually like running rings around you, somebody will get frustrated and somebody will, you know, so overzealously close somebody down Everson didn't even do that it didn't even look like no. they, could, they could be that no. physically equipped to get we, we
3: weren't even close enough to foul yeah. so yeah. Yeah. We close enough. <laughs> yeah. the first 10 minutes actually, I thought, actually first 10 minutes we thought we were okay yeah. to be honest with you until the second goal we had 80 minutes there but we weren't but you know <laughs> uh, that's probably the balance <laughs> uh, I think if you had like a lot of City feedback after the game, they said that the first half of performance of the best he played this season. Didn't yeah. you? like you know, so we did see City at their best with helping Anthony. Going back to Panos' original point, I don't remember the first game was when yeah. the cushions were thrown Correct. from the uh, yeah. top balcony, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, four 0 I mean, uh, City from what I saw on Saturday easily fit in with the easily fits in with the best Premier League teams we've seen in a goodish. Yeah, so probably uh, Wenger, Wenger's Arsenal team. Yeah, in the early two thousands. United. Mourinho's first Chelsea team. Yeah, United United winners. Yeah, and we yeah. were a different different team that the yeah. Chelsea team under Mourinho mm. uh easily fit into that category. Um and on their day would he, could, could be could beat those other three. I mean, though so I do think Venga's Arsenal but uh, you know, I, I, could, I couldn't imagine Wenger's Arsenal or Chelsea's Mourinho being four-one down at Anfield after yeah. seventy minutes like City were. To be honest, yeah. but yeah, yeah. the City's weak point is is like at the back, isn't it? We just sure. had, that was the frustrating thing. We didn't test their weak spot yeah. which is the left back on Saturday. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
3: You know, and that that we to be a couple of times in the first half and the second half. We got right, and that was a really disappointing thing. Um, but it was disappointing that, and that was reflected in the crowd, the atmosphere. which you think we need to speak about? Don't we? On Saturday, it was like a bit. You know, a lot of people said it was like a library, and that was that because Everton yeah. were sort of up for it or getting stuck in. Yeah, there, there was a, spe- yeah.
1: a spell, I think, wasn't there? Like midway, well, maybe Balassi just missed that chance to. Might have made it one-one, and there was like a, a semi, you know, roar if you like, you know, of defiance. But no, it was utterly really flat, and then the final whistle. Uh, there were so many empty seats around the stage, and people had long since given up and gone home. But Pep Guardiola made the point afterwards. He was asked about it about uh, the Everson fans applauding his team off the pitch, and he genuinely seemed, you know, pleased and you know delighted by that. Made a joke that it's, you know, obviously because Everton, Liverpool are playing Man yeah. City next, and you know they'd be good obviously bad. getting yeah. behind yeah. them. Yeah. But no, you can tell he genuinely did appreciate it. And that's the irony, really. Everton fans do appreciate good football, regardless of who plays it. You know, unless they happen to be wearing red, in red. Yeah. but. Um, you know, opposition teams will be applauded, and they're just not seeing anything like that quality from their own team at the moment. So you know, it is something that you know is very, very frustrating.
0: Um, I mean, it was interesting. Leighton Bates made a point. Um, he said that the City team he felt had the highest football IQ of uh, any right. um, opposition yeah. side he'd, he'd faced obviously he alluding to the fact that they you know they're such intelligent players on the ball but like you say Dave whether it's uh, opposition players I remember in recent years um, Stephen Naismith getting applauded when scoring what turned out to be an, a winning goal against Everton yeah. um, at Goodison Park and you know it's Graham Stewart I think when he came back and he, yeah. he, he got applauded on scoring. So yeah of course They'll always applaud Good football Whether they get turned over By a lesser light In the FA yeah. Cup Or whether it's a great side City I think That's that's always It's always been the way Hasn't it With Merseyside football
2: crowds Yeah definitely I think the difference <sighs> In the atmosphere though was like I think The biggest point for me Was when Tom Davis Did come on In that second half And he yeah. started Putting himself about a bit And the crowd Were thinking Oh right okay Is this Is this the change We want to see And then it yeah. just It just went all a bit, a bit flat again after yeah. that. After City just started dominating possession again, it's just, it's, it's it's very much a two-way street. Like the the play the players can get motivated by the crowd, but the crowd need to see something from the yeah, players exactly. at least first.
3: And that's always been in the case. I mean, the other the other than Dyma for that, I would say is, is it a bad reflection on the squad that would land on a nineteen-year-old or some sort of save? who's with like eighteen months. Of Premier League experience behind them, if that you know, mm. and that, a lot of this boils down to, let's face it, something that's been spoken about like many times is the transfer strategy that over the last couple of years, in many, in many respects, left us with few little choices there, didn't they mm on Saturday about what to go with a few injured players. Well, yeah, you look at the bench, like, you know. and
1: the bench was so, like, really light. I mean, yeah. Benny Beningamy, we haven't seen him for God knows how long. I mean, Nikola Vlasic, was a, I was pleased to see him, you know, sort of back on the bench again. You know, he seems to have come in from nowhere. We haven't seen him since mid-January? Probably. No, I don't know quite what the thinking was behind that, but, you know, he's looked bright, I think, whenever, you know, he has appeared. And, you know, would have liked to have seen him on the pitch, to be honest, but, mm. you know... Well, I was speaking to Michael Ball about this yesterday, and he he, he
2: again, brought up... The transfer strategy, and he said, "There's so many players in this squad who just didn't, he don't have the fight, who don't have the yeah. spirit." And he said "Just he's look, looking forward to the derby, and he's saying, whoever pulls on that shirt should be yeah. lucky, lucky to be pulling on the shirt because they, they haven't deserved it so far
3: this season." And yeah, I yeah. find that hard to disagree but, with. But that's, but that going back to transfer strategy is not just the the players who were on the periphery or maybe didn't have reinforcements. it's the fact that you are still playing City? as you say with uh and, and Baines is like and Guardiola always done this hasn't he like he plays with high football IQ whatever mm. you would call it so in defensive areas we've got Jags 30 whatever it is 5 Leighton's 33 yeah. something like that Wayne is playing in the wrong position he's yeah. 30 T- 32 33 Seamus is 30 this year isn't he um, Morgan Schneider 107 <laughs> <out there. laughs> well you know, that compounds the issue, doesn't it? That, about the transfer strategy that we, we've, in those key areas, we've allowed players to stay. To us. Now, I'm not saying they don't deserve a place in the team at the moment because no alternatives. We've let players in those key positions in a pacey Premier League age 30 odd, yeah. in their in the mid 30s. Yeah. And that's where it's all gone a bit wrong for me. Um, and and, and that, that contributed towards it because it was quite obvious that we were just way off the pace, no, no mobility. I felt sorry for. I think I think you in your marks. I think you reflected the felt, I felt sorry, <laughs> Cheng Tosh, who probably got the best standard ovation of any player. So he's never he's never touched the ball in the game ever. Well, no, he, <laughs> so nah, I mean, he, I, yeah, I think I think
1: I made the point. He did yeah. a lot of running around, but with yeah. absolutely no support or no service, he couldn't achieve anything. Well, I mean, that was because yeah. for for the most part, Dominic Calvert Lewin's position.
2: Yeah, I have no idea, I have no idea where he was playing. Yeah. I don't think he really. Knew where he was meant to be playing. Yeah, he, he, I presume he was meant to be playing in that number ten role, but it, it, it just seems so odd to me to play to play him there. Why? Yeah, play like, with
3: very little experience of playing in that kind of role. There was an argument, wasn't it? That goes back to what I was saying about the setup. But like the middle, the middle three or four it was like. Blasi stayed deep on one wing, but Walcott played as a winger on the other bits left this massive imbalance in the first half. There's an argument to say that Calvert lewins a bit better defensively that actually he should have played wide right and covered. Because I think he's done that before, hasn't mm-hmm. he? For yeah. us. He's a bit more like um, defensive minded than Walcott. And then he could have played Walcott. Mm. Off Toshan but, but he, he sort of has played that role before. Because it was just so imbalanced in the first half, it was untrue. I mean that uh, there's another argument, isn't it? If you had the play that like Wayne should have actually played up front. Or mm. heard about on uh, on Saturday if you're going to play him in the game, playing.
2: Well, I play think, him I think if you're gonna if you're gonna play him in that defensive role, like I, th- I think he's probably looked a bit better in general in that central midfield role across the whole course of the season. As, as you said though, against
3: more yeah, yeah, lesser teams, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he does
2: better. But I think in general, he just needs legs next to him. Like if he'd have had Tom Davis next to him, then maybe it would have been a little bit better. But to have someone like Morgan Schneider in there who as you say is like, he's criminally out of form he doesn't look to have any pace or mobility
3: about him right now it was, it was just never going to work well, De Bruyne he, just cut right through them you'd have two you'd have, we'd have had like Davis and Schneidel and <clears throat> with them on 4 and, and at four three three perhaps or whatever, or five three two if you play 5 at the back and that was the whole point it, I, I saw, the, saw the team sheet and he just thought we're not going to get much here today with that team I don't that's know. My first impression, you know. Yeah, I mean, when, when I saw the, the team sheets,
1: I, I was—we didn't actually know what role Calvert-Lewin was going to be playing. You know, we thought it might be number ten, but I think it was horses for courses, given the fact that Calvert-Lewin had played so well at the Etihad earlier in the season yeah. against City, but. Correct me if I'm wrong, didn't we go three at the back that night? uh, I think we did. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, you know, that that gave him like a little bit of extra, you know, sort of room up there to, you know, sort of chase down the channels, which he did and did very effectively. Uh, I don't think he made a single channel run at the weekend that I could even think of. So, no, he, he wasn't playing that role, really, was he? It was. It was difficult. I think it all—it does just all come down to the effort
2: that was put in on the on the day, really. Like to have to have City, I know, I know, have mentioned it before, but to have City go away from a game at Goodison Park, having had 82% possession, like it yeah. just shows, just shows that there there was so little desire to win the ball back. Like City, City did just walk around with the ball a lot of the time, and you know, when when you put in that little effort, that little commitment, you. You're always going to get battered
1: like whether well, you win one Yeah I mean or it's an old football tourism goals change games if Yannick Balassi had kept that header under the crossbar you know from Calvert-Lewin's cross would have made it 1-1 would it have made a difference on the day I mean City did break away and score a second straight afterwards the place was pretty deflated after that but 1-1 one, one, a bit of a roar a bit of a
3: momentum crowd going could it have made a difference yeah, it would have helped wouldn't it yeah. <laughs> it would have helped I mean, yeah. it's just, you don't know Deebo. so it's all, all your expel to be fair he actually put in the shift he I mean, you know, he, oh I like the lad he's a good player He, he yeah. on, on Saturday yeah. I think he was one of the few players to come out of it with any cred yeah. okay, you know what you're going to get with him they said last week 80 or 90% of his play can be banal sometimes can't it? Yeah. really really miscontrol the misplace a pass mm. but There'll be two or three times during the game where he affect the game. If you think about it, though he's playing like basically a deep line midfielder on on Saturday, he had our best chance in the first half and scored in the second half. Yeah. You know, which is like compared to other players who are on the pitch, that's affecting the game far more than what they did. And I thought he was probably, for work rating, towards the way he applied himself on Saturday, probably our man of the the match for me, to be honest with you. Um, Purely on that basis. Uh, And he gets stick, which I understand, but. The last three games, he's put two match winning crosses in, and or thereabouts, and uh, you know scored on Saturday.
1: So he's going to be our Andy King on Saturday. (laughs) I
3: think
2: going back to that chance, I really do find it hard to believe that if Balassi scores that chance, that the the results or change changes in.
1: Any way shape or form. Really. The, the, the I, only reason I, I asked this because that's what Sam Allardyce said afterwards. Yeah, you get the impression yeah, straw clutching exercise. I de- yeah, I def- yeah, I definitely
2: don't agree with him. Like, yeah. let's say, let's say we do make it one-one. The crowd are up for it, yeah. But yeah. we still got Wayne Rooney and Morgan Schneiderlin in there yeah. against yeah. De point Silver, and it, Fernandinho. Like, they, they, they still, they can just walk through us whenever yeah. they want. Sli- really, slide,
3: slide the doors. Well, don't <laughs> don't I get that because it was after ten minutes as well. It wasn't as if it was ten minutes from the end. Yeah, yeah. but it would have been nice to see. And I thought then not was criminal then? that got the crowd up a little bit and then we can see straight away from the uh, from the goal kick didn't we yeah. Yeah, well that, 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 I think that, that
2: proves my point really yeah, like, yeah. the crowd were up sure. for
3: it a little bit more after that chance and then City just just waltzed all and the way it, through that was a strange goal wasn't it the, 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 the second you don't often right. see like the players disputed in that that manner across a football pitch there was actually nobody in the middle of the pitch was
1: there? No nah, well, Phil Jagielka was but managed yeah. to get the ball yeah. lobbed over his head
3: but yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it
1: was a poor goal from start to finish yeah. Yeah. well we've managed to do what Everson <laughs> couldn't do at the weekend and we've given it a go for half an hour <laughs> um, so uh, we'll be back uh, before the weekend uh, for a much longer um, chat to talk about the Merseyside derby and uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty we can, uh, we can have a go on that one so come back and join us towards the end of the week until then goodbye